Welcome to Pipeline Church, where saved people serve people, found people find people, and growing people change. We're here to introduce people to Jesus and help them become fully committed followers of Christ by doing life together, being irrationally generous, and being the church that the world desperately needs us to be. Welcome home. We ready? Wow. Hey, uh, if you're sitting in a chair, there are a bunch of people who are not, and I'm sorry for you who are not. So we actually, like, there's like a thousand chairs out right now. I don't know if you, you can feel it, but uh, I will not take too long. I'm going to get to the point. We got one hour. We're going to worship together a little bit more. Can I get a hand, though, for our worship team and Paige and all that they have done and are doing? I am incredibly, incredibly blessed and incredibly grateful for what God has called me to do, uh, to be the pastor at Pipeline Church. Um, I got a lot of great friends that I love here. I got a bunch of you that I can't wait to get to know because I'm sure we'll be friends. Uh, And even more, um, it is great to see so many families just gathered together to celebrate Christmas. And for some of you, um, if you're home from college, I haven't seen your parents look this happy in a very long time. All right. If if you're gathered in from all around, it just looks good to see you with your people and to feel like we've got something that connects us all together. And tonight, I just want to spend a few minutes. This is more of like a a devotional thought that kind of wraps up all that we've been doing this month. I'm sure there's a bunch of you that are going to go home and just, uh, you know, after you open gifts tomorrow and do your thing, you're just going to sit and review all of the month's messages and sermons that I I preached. I know, just hey, just if we could get Pastor Jeff in our living room a little bit more, that would be great. I know, I know. But but just in case uh, you have missed, what we want to do is just for a minute, take in this idea that one silent night changed everything in the history of the world. Before the arrival of Christ, I I need you to get in in an understanding of where the world was before Jesus arrived. Like, like humanity, we can go through all of history and time and, and, and all that kind of stuff, but what you're gonna find is there was a lot of searching in humanity for something that made sense and made sense out of life. You had people that were worshiping everything from inanimate objects to multiple gods to one another and their own bodies and all the things that, that you see and, and understand throughout all of history and time. At the time of Jesus' birth, there was a, a, a culture that had developed and, and that had grown up. The Roman Empire was the strongest empire that the world had ever known at that point. And, and it's, it's hard to even fathom or imagine that it, doesn't, it wouldn't even exist today. That it would be so far removed from memory that we can't even remember or know unless we were to read it out of history books or someone to, to tell us out of history. But the world was trying to figure out what, why, and how we were here. 
And, and here's the thing. God had these people that he had chosen, the, the children of Israel, the, the Jewish people. They, had, they were chosen by God. He said, I will be your God and you will be my people. And he had been leading them and, and guiding them. He started with Father Abraham, right? He had many sons, right arm, left arm, nod your head. You know, some of you guys like that. But, but you can go throughout all of history and you see where God was at work and he used kings and judges and prophets and all these people to speak and, and share with the people what he wanted from them. He said, I, I, here's what I expect from you as my chosen people. that You will worship me and me alone. And, and the people followed God and they did good and then they did bad. Then they did good and then they did bad. Then they did good again. And they did bad again. And then it was this seesaw relationship. And, and then there came a point, and you can actually read it in the Old Testament, where all of a sudden, the voice of God stops. And no one hears from God for 400 years. Y'all, again, I keep saying this almost every week of this Christmas season. Ten generations pass. Before anyone hears from God again, 10 generations of people, think back, like, can you even name five generations back in your family? For 10 generations, they had not heard the voice of God. They had not heard the commands of God. They could only read what he had said and tell the stories of all the things that he had done. And I'm sure there's some kids and grandkids and people who are going, but why not for me? I want to see that. And then one silent night, everything changed. The one night that changed the world came, and that's what we're here for. Y'all know that. This is like, for pastors, you got Christmas and Easter. And if you go to Pipeline Church, Mother's Day, all right? (laughs) Like, people are like, are you advertising for Christmas? No, people are going to come, see? Like, I didn't put any ads on TV. Like, everybody knows. You go to church. It's Christmas, right? We're going to talk about Jesus. We got the nativity scene. We're going to do our thing. It's going to be great. It's going to be awesome. And when I begin to think about what this is all about, I start to just go back to the very beginning. It says in the book of Luke, it gives us a picture of of how this all started. But, But the big thing I need you to understand is it all starts, everything starts with God, with the totally unexpected. It starts with the unexpected. I love that just when I think I have God figured out, whoop, nope. Just when I think, oh man, I know how this is going to go. I know how this is going to play out. He, he does something that just blows my mind. There's some of you here, I'm going to be real right now, that boom, like just seeing some of you. Like we've been through some stuff. We've, we've told some stories. Uh, don't Nudge the person next to you like, uh, I'm telling you, he knows you're here. (laughs) But the picture is God starts with the unexpected. Think about this. In the book of Luke, Luke starts out and he says, hey, look, I talked to everybody I possibly could who was there, who was with Jesus, who walked with Jesus, talked with Jesus, experienced all these things. And I wrote it down so that all of history and time could know the gospel, the message of freedom in Jesus Christ. And he begins his story with the birth of Jesus. 
And it starts out and it says that there was a season, there was a time when everybody was called and they had to go, you know, because the Roman government wanted to find out if they were getting enough money out of everybody. Sounds familiar. But, but as we go, they had to show up to the place where their family was from and where uh, their lineage was originated. And, and it says they went back to Bethlehem. And Luke is very detailed on how he goes. And he says, and then they got into this place. There was no place for them to stay. They had to go stay in, in this, uh, probably like a carved out cave kind of deal on the lower uh, side of everything. And that's where they kept all the animals, right? It's not the cute little nativity scene you have in your living room. Probably gross. And, and they, they found that this was the time that Jesus was to be born. So they made space and then he was born. And they wrapped him in strips of cloth and they laid him in a manger. There was nothing expected in this. The only thing they knew was that Mary was going to have a baby. But it came about in a crazy way and it went in a crazy way. There was nothing expected. So in your faith, I need you to understand when we're talking about your faith, please don't expect the expected. Make sure that you are planning for the unexpected when it comes to dealing with my God. Because he does things that nobody could imagine. He sent his son to a place nobody would have ever seen coming. Secondly, I'll just say this, that God wants real people. Real pe- Now, this is the time you can nudge somebody. That's you. That's you. You're real. You're gross. Dirty McNasty. Have a great day. Right? He wants real people. Now, now here's the thing. In, in, in all reality, you have to understand that in Luke chapter 2, verse 8 through 14, it gives the story that there's these shepherds, and they're watching their sheep, and they're looking out over their flocks, and they're taking care of them, probably telling some crass stories around the fire at some point. Somebody probably uttered, pull my finger in Hebrew, <laughs> right? And they're... Some of you are like, this is not a Christmas sermon, Pastor Jeff. This is totally unholy. I'll never look at my nativity scene the same. But he shows up to these shepherds. And it says that an angel appears and they're they're freaked out. They're, They're totally scared. And he says, hey, unto you, I like to say it in the King James, unto you is born the one you've been waiting for. Now, here's what it says specifically, and it says, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. I want to emphasize that just for a second so that you and I understand there are a lot of churches, there are a lot of people, there are a lot of people. You may have heard the story of Jesus, and it did not bring great joy. It didn't sound like good news or the bringing of great joy to all people. A lot of people proclaim a message that's very exclusive, It says you got to get yourself cleaned up. You got to get yourself fixed up before you show up. You got to make sure you have it all together. If you'll just stop doing this with them and doing that with those people, and if you'll just get it all arranged, then God wants you. No, 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 no. He wants real people. And he sent his son. And he says, I'm bringing you good news that'll bring great joy to everyone. So I'm going to just tell you right now, if you're out there and you're telling people, introducing them to Jesus, and they say, you know what? I would like Jesus, but, but the gospel is, and it's something that is not good news that brings great joy to all people. Say, oh, 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 I think you got the wrong message. 
You must have gone to the wrong church. You must have been in the wrong setting because when Jesus was born, it was good news that brings great joy to all people. And my joy brings big changes to my life eventually. But I'll tell you what, when I hear a message of freedom and hope and joy and life, good news, great joy. Enough of my little soapbox right there. But let's clarify this. How do we know that he wants real people? He went to the shepherds. You realize the shepherds were living just outside of Jerusalem on a hillside with their sheep. And they were raising the sheep that would be sacrificed in the temple. But they were never really allowed to go to the temple because most of their work, they were considered unclean. So they would never get the experience of taking their sheep to go be sacrificed for the sins of the community and for their home and life and family. They were the outcast. I don't know if you ever feel like that. Like maybe you're that one person that reluctantly gets invited to family things. Grateful you're here tonight. But, but you feel like you're on the outs or when you show up to church, you don't look like everybody or you didn't drive a giant SUV to church tonight, right? And you're like, I don't belong here. I don't know. And here's the thing. A lot of us feel like we don't belong when it comes to church. Guess what? God wants everyone who's willing to be real with him. And we're reminded by that of that when we see the shepherds. The 400 years of silence, four, zero, zero. Longer than this whole USA has existed. No message. One silent night. Who's the first people that the Lord appears to? Shepherds. Drop the mic. God wants real people. He wants you and me without question, without hesitation. How about this? What are we supposed to bring the king? What kind of gifts are we supposed to bring the king, because in reality, our life and lifestyle and our understanding of this whole thing is about gifts being brought to the king. Gold, frankincense, myrrh. Well, well, let me just put it on you like this. When we talk about gifts for the king, I want you to understand that these wise men that somehow end up in our nativity scenes, they came from all over the place. They came, I, I very upset some children. I'm going to get there, y'all. I'm landing the plane. But these wise men came from all over the place. Now, when you look at the shepherds, you see that they were already part of the group, right? They were part of the team. Their team, Israel. They're, they're part of the bloodline. They got it. They just weren't welcome because they did a job that people really didn't, you, know, you were unclean. But when you talk about the wise men, they weren't even from the clan. They were from far, far out. There's a lot of people that I talk to that go to Pipeline Church or visit Pipeline Church that they're the very first ones in their family that have ever chosen to go to church. They're the very first. It wasn't like my grandpa's 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 grandpa, like these people. And sometimes we feel rejected. Sometimes we feel like, well, I don't know all this stuff. I had one guy tell me, he was like, Jeff, I'm not even going to tell you, like, I don't understand the Bible. I don't even know where to go in the Bible. I don't even know if I really understand how to spell the Bible. I don't, I don't know. This is not part of my history, and I'm going to do some dumb stuff. In fact, I do some dumb stuff, but I don't know any better. I, I didn't know. Nobody ever told me this, and here's what I want to say tonight. When, when the wise men show up, it reminds us that, that God has put something special into you and me 
That, that he calls us from all over and all different places and all walks of life and all understandings and all perspectives. And he says, come to you, come to me, all of you who are tired and carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. And that's everyone. And that's why the, 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 the news is, is good news that brings great joy to all people. Because in this story, you get these people who show up. They didn't know the customs. They didn't know anything about it. They went to Herod, and they say, tell us where this guy's supposed to be born. They're walking into a trap. They don't even know. And they show up, and they give him gifts. Let me just tell you tonight. The greatest gift that you could give this Christmas is for you to decide that your life would be centered and focused around the king himself. What are the gifts for the king? It's you and me. No questions asked. And I know that sounds, you know, pastory to say. But I'm telling you, you could buy everything in the world and it will not satisfy you. You can take any trip you want to take. You can spend any time with any amount of people. You can have all the fame. You can have all the stuff. But if you do not offer your life to the king as a living sacrifice and say, you're in control for your glory and the good of this valley, I give my life then you're going to miss the whole point to this existence. Because the greatest gift, the greatest gift is, is actually your life. I'm going to end with this. What did this one silent night symbolize? It symbolized a new start for everyone. For everyone. A complete reload. A complete do-over. A complete from here on everything changes. We don't get that much in life. We don't find that often in life. But you know what? I believe that there's some of us here tonight that need that. If we were to say that one silent night, that one night I met with a couple people in a barn on Christmas Eve, and that changed things for me. The way that I saw it, the way that I understood it, the way that I experienced this walk. There's some of you that are toying around, playing around with sin and gross and, and, and testing and tempting and trying to find what you've been looking for all your life. And I'm here to say, let the Lord have your life. And let a, a new start happen in your existence, in your life, in your experience. Because that's what Christmas is really all about. See, we read the book of Luke at the first, or I, I told you the story from it. The second portion of, of, of our message tonight was, was found in the book of Matthew, because he was with Jesus and he wrote this. But, but then the book of John comes, and that's another one of Jesus' disciples, and he said this in John chapter 1, verse 10 through 12. It says, he came into the very world he created, but the world didn't recognize him. He came to his own people, and even they rejected him. But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. Here's the thing. We're here at Christmas, and it doesn't matter where you're from, how long it took you to get here, how much of your past that you have lived and you're ashamed of or embarrassed about or lived off of, it doesn't even matter how you feel about yourself tonight. That scripture says any of you and me who believe in him and accept him are given the right to become children of God. 
And we move from celebrating Christmas to celebrating our Savior and our Rescuer. And it becomes so much more than we had ever imagined. Let me remind you, I got this nice setup up here with all the four candles reminding us there is hope when you're only hearing silence. That God shows up in the most unexpected ways when you don't see it coming. That there's peace in the unknown. God wants real people. And even if you feel like you're too messed up, he will be your peace and your hope. That God desires that the gift that you give him is your life. The gift for the king brings joy that breaks the silence. And finally, that love is here and present with us. And that above everything is a new start for everyone in this world. For all who call upon his name will be received unto him. So here's how I want to end. And then we're going to go into like our candlelight portion. We had to time this out because the sun is descending. <laughs> now, if you came here tonight and you were expecting, you know, uh, big light shows and all that kind of stuff. Yes, we do have 400 trees hanging from the ceiling. All right. We got some real bougie people up here decorating. All right. But on top of that, if you came and you're like, I hope they got a real good show. I have to have angels flying in and maybe some drone fairies or something like that. You know, if we could make that happen. If we could have the kick line from the, from the you know, the, the girls in New York. There, we saw those. Um, but, but, but here's the idea. No, no, no. One silent night, everything changed. So here's what we're going to do is as soon as I'm done with my prayer, we're just going to take some moments to focus on him and worship him. Take your little candle out, light it up. We're just going to take a moment to remember the light of the world came one silent night and everything changed. But before we do that, will you pray with me? Let's pray. God, we come before you and we thank you for your goodness and we thank you for your mercy. And I thank you that everything we experience in this world is because of you, that you come in the unexpected that you want real people, that the greatest gift we could give you as King and Lord is us, that you have given us an opportunity to restart, to new start for each and every one of us. Why? Because love is here. You are present and you are at work. And we give you all the praise and all the glory for all that we know. Father, we thank you for your goodness and we thank you for sending your son. And without hesitation, we declare you are God. Your name be glorified. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. Among us as it is in heaven. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you are here tonight and you're saying, Jeff, I I probably, I would love to have a new start. I need a fresh start. I need my my history to be made clean and I I need to start over again and you'd like to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. I'm not gonna ask you to raise your hand or stand or come to the front because this is a personal decision that you need to make inside your heart. But what I will ask is if you wanna come home or choose him for the very first time, would you pray this prayer with me or something like it in your own words? God, I need you to be my one God. I surrender. 
I'm sinful and I'm broken and I'm, I'm not impressed by the stuff that I've been doing trying to live my own life. So I give you my life. I know that Jesus was born and laid in a manger. I know that he lived a perfect life and I know that he gave his life so that I could live. But, but the thing that I'm relying on tonight is that he was raised again so that I could truly live. So God, I receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, as my rescuer, as my redeemer. And I ask that you would cover me with the blood of Christ to renew me, make me whole. Father God, I pray that your Holy Spirit would fill me tonight. Christ on the outside and the Spirit of God on the inside, let me breathe in your Spirit so that I can understand And I can be empowered to actually live out this promise and commitment that I've made to follow you all the days of my life. Father, we thank you and we praise you. You are good. Your mercy endures forever. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. For more Pipeline Church content, visit pipeline.church or download the Pipeline Church mobile app. If you like what you heard today, make sure to subscribe and share. Pipeline Church podcast is available wherever you love to listen.